move the race and agitate to move the race. You know, go to the promoters and say, we need to pay attention to this problem. We don't want to discourage people from running, but we also don't want to damage their health. Hi, I am Alok and I'm your host at Pitarobic. Welcome to Fitness Pro Chat, the podcast by Fitarobic. Welcome to Fitness Pro Chat by Fit Aerobic. If you're looking to improve your health and well-being to lead a healthy, fit, and fulfilling life, whether you're an amateur or a professional athlete, this podcast is for you. Present air pollution spike in Delhi is 100 times the WHO health limit. According to research by the University of Chicago's Energy Policy Institute, people in Delhi could have their lives shortened by 11 years and 9 months due to poor air they breathe. While the Global Air Quality Index, AQI, of major cities are alarming, in 2023 alone, so far, close to 30,000 deaths have happened due to air pollution only in Mumbai. This has resulted in a productivity loss of $2.9 billion. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you all. Let's welcome Douglas Mulhall once again on our show, Fitness Pro Chat with Pitiropic. With Douglas, we will discuss today the impact of air pollution on the health of marathon runners. Douglas is an environmental health expert and author of bestseller, Discovering the Nature of Longevity, a book that explores the link between heart health and environmental stress. Welcome to the show, Douglas. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'm sure it's going to be an interesting show today uh, with all of these uh, marathons coming up across uh, India. So let's see where we get with this. Absolutely. So I'm quite excited to discuss the pro and cons of running marathon in such a polluted environment. So what's the connection between air pollution and cardiovascular health? Uh, does it uh, impact <laughs> runners preparing for marathon races? <laughs> Well, this is almost like a duh question, <laughs> uh, but I want to tell you a story first, and then we'll get into all the statistics and everything else. So sure. I, I used to run about, you know, 10K a day, um, uh-huh. and um, I used to live in uh, Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Okay. okay. And, you know, after about, uh, like, after we, we moved to Rotterdam, and then after about two years, I started having ear problems. And I'd never had ear problems before. You know, I, uh-huh. I the ear aches, you know, stuff like this yeah. real bad irritation. And one day I was talking to a, a teacher in, in Rotterdam and she said, oh yeah. She said, um, actually a lot of our kids in the schools have it here too. It's due to the air pollution. Now, you know, who would connect, right? An ear problem with air pollution, but indeed, uh, that is one of the uh, problems. And I also started developing other skin and other health uh, issues. And our solution to that was to move. You know, we left Rotterdam and we actually went to a southern part of Europe where the air quality uh, and the water quality is a lot better. So that's just a personal story. And also, uh, just so people know, uh, for the past decades, I've worked with an institute that actually specializes uh, in uh, keeping these types of toxins that are in in air pollution out of products and especially out of the indoor air uh, in buildings. So I've got a, you know, a a lot of personal experience with this, but also that's sort of my professional uh, background. Now, you know, getting back uh, to your uh, question. So 
First of all, the World Heart Federation 2023 report says quite clearly that air pollution is the second leading cause of heart disease deaths in the world today, especially in countries like South Asia. So uh-huh. uh, let's just be clear about that right now so there's no misunderstanding about it. And I have to say that um, looking at the traditional publicity that surrounds marathons and all the economics and everything that go with it, and the enormous publicity that surrounds air quality in cities like Mumbai and, and Delhi, there is a disconnect. These two things are you know, they're not being brought together. You, you don't read about those two things together in the media uh, when sure. they are talking about running the marathon. Because, of course, marathons are seen and, you know, the Mumbai Marathon publicity is all about this is positivity. You know, we're doing something really good for ourselves. Uh, exercise is great. And all of that is correct with a very large but attached uh, to it. And, you know, you just, you have to look at the pollution numbers and understand this. And I just want to show you a picture. So, this here, okay, is the same elastic fiber that allows you, your lungs to breathe. This is what actually drives every breath you take, but also every step you make because it's in all of your tendons, and uh, every time you make any kind of movement, like running, for example, it's being driven by this elastic fiber. Now, on this side here, um, and for people who are just listening to this, I'm holding up two comparison pictures side by each, and on this side here is nice, smooth, elastic fiber in a six-year-old. On the other side is a mess, as you've seen uh, before, and this is the degraded elastin in a 90-year-old. That is what air pollution does to the elastic in your body. Uh, especially, for example, the toxic metals that are contained in the microparticles, uh, including lead, cadmium, chromium, uh-huh. gadolinium, and a whole lot of other uh, things. And the publicity around a lot of the wildfires that have been going on around the world and the studies that have been going on have clearly shown that there is a very high risk from this. And very recently, uh, the American Heart Association uh, declared for the first time that low levels of exposure to these toxic metals is a new leading cause of heart disease. So okay. this is, uh, you know, when then you, okay, then you think, okay, I'm going to run a marathon in the middle of all of this. Now that's probably a really unpopular thing to say because people say, oh yeah, okay, fine. You're just being negative, but it's not about that. Uh, especially when you've got world-class athletes coming to these uh, cities to also uh, participate here. And this is something, it's a psych, it's a psychological thing, eh? It's uh, there's a bit yeah. of uh, testosterone chutzpah, you know, to this saying I'm going to run, 
you know, regardless of what, you know, I'm, I'm going to get out there and, you know, get healthy, which is great. But, uh, you know, there's something that maybe people should think about. And that is when the pollution levels are so extraordinarily high as they are uh, right now uh, in uh, Mumbai at the time that we're doing this interview um, and in Delhi, they need to think about doing things like moving the marathon out of the city into the countryside and also maybe doing something positive for the countryside by spreading the wealth around because these are also uh, economic events. So instead of seeing it as a negative, you know, maybe we should, uh, maybe we should talk about doing things like uh, that. Now, the other thing that could be done is, um, why don't we start, uh, why doesn't the marathon start funding a couple of studies of the impacts of running a marathon uh, in that type of air condition uh, and see Mm -hmm. what the measurable impacts um, are. There's a lot of wearable devices now uh, that people can wear uh, that monitor both their vital signs, uh, which a lot of athletes do, but also at the same time, uh, the local environmental conditions. And that can also be combined with data uh, from all of the sensors that are around the city uh, detecting air pollution. And then you put all of that together and you can draw conclusions about what the impacts uh, on the athletes are. So they do tests beforehand, they do tests afterwards, uh, you know, et, et cetera, uh, et cetera. And yes, some of this stuff isn't going to show up right away. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is very simple. People who have asthma, for example, have horrible problems with air pollution. So just think if you're a healthy person, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you are running that kind of risk if you don't mind the play on words. So it's a problem. Uh, it has, a, a, you know, a partial solution to it uh, by moving this out in the countryside until they can get a handle on this really heavy-duty uh, uh, air pollution fog that is really uh, and the problem is of course during this clear weather uh in mumbai well sometimes you can see it and sometimes you can't it depends on what's blowing in from the ocean of course so um like i say that could be an unpopular thing to say but we really have to put these two things together if this is all about people's health uh then we've got to make sure that what they're doing is actually uh, healthy for them that's it Absolutely. So uh, it's a very nicely put together. And uh, one of the questions that pops up my mind right now is you talked about certain uh, common air pollutants, including lead, cadmium, uh, etc. So when the runners are exposed to poor air quality uh, during the preparation of for marathon or maybe during marathon, so how does pollutants affect the heart? Right. So here's what happens. And it's not just your heart. Uh, you, you breathe it in and the uh-huh. small particles and probably everybody in Mumbai knows the term 2.5 yeah. PM 2.5, yes. you know, these particles, because they get through your lungs into your blood and into your tissue. And True. so what happens is that the metals actually lodge in the tissue of your lungs, your arteries, the elastic uh-huh. in your arteries and yeah. in your heart. And uh-huh. this is bioaccumulative. That means it builds up 
over time. And uh, so this is, and by the way, it's not just a heart problem. These metals have two other nasties attached to them. One, they disrupt DNA, which means that they lead to mutations and cancers, uh, especially things like lead, for example. And by the way, Uh uh, one of the world's leading journals, The Lancet, just came out with a study that shows that the impacts of lead have been vastly underestimated and that lead is actually ahead of smoking and cholesterol in terms of triggering heart disease deaths, if you can imagine this. That's the stuff that people are going to be breathing in during the marathon. So, um, and the second thing is that it affects your neurons in your brain for a simple reason. If you take two electric wires and you cross a metal wire on top of them, what do you get? You get a short circuit. Short well, circuit. guess what's happening with your neurons? When these metals lodge in the neurons of your brain uh, that transmit the electric signals that help you think, uh, it's short-circuiting. And yeah. the, uh, this, the, the study in The Lancet has said that this is responsible for a massive reduction worldwide in children's IQ. Oh, okay. Just to be clear really, on that. That's really alarming. Yep. Yes. So of course there are people who are going to stand around and go, Oh, it's a chicken little, the sky is falling. You know, we shouldn't really be listening to these people. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that marathons like this should be the biggest impetus of all to clean this situation up and in the meantime to take measures that you know people can really uh, do something about i mean think of so, the other I, type of double think people are being encouraged to wear masks you know during heavy yeah. pollution well you can't do a marathon with a mask on absolutely. Uh, absolutely but you have to be aware that that's what people are being told uh, to do uh, during these these pollution events so you just need to put two and two uh, together <laughs> understand that absolutely and for individuals who already have say pre-existing heart conditions so someone who has a high cholesterol so does participating in uh, marathons with poor air quality uh, negatively affect their cardiovascular health yeah to be clear i am not a physician okay so i'm not going to make pronouncements on which people with which cardiovascular condition uh-huh. you know might provoke um a, a, a problem, uh, there's this balance you have between the cardiovascular exercise um, yep. and the, the pollution that, you know, ultimately causes hardening of the arteries that kills us all. Um, so it depends. It depends on the conditions of the day of the run. It depends on your own condition. But uh, certainly breathing this stuff in all the time isn't going to do you much good uh, in the long run. That is for uh, sure and any, the only thing that I would advise is that anyone who has a cardiovascular condition who's running should definitely ask their cardiologist or their doctor before they run the marathon and ask them that question. It's true. I can definitely advise them to do that. And that just makes common sense. Don't just assume that because you're getting your cardiovascular exercise that this is really great for you. Uh, you know, don't be afraid to ask that question 
Absolutely. So does this also affect the runner's performance and overall endurance? Yeah, there's no question that it does. Of course it does. Air quality affects uh, athletic performance. There's absolutely, uh, there's a lot of, lot of studies uh, on that. I mean, if you're clogging up the lung with all this stuff, uh, your ability to process oxygen in, in your blood is diminished. There's just no, no question about that. So you, you, you talked about certain specific life-threatening diseases, including cancer, cardiovascular health problems, and all of that. So could you also explain the short-term and long-term effects of exposure to air pollution while during a marathon race? Sure. Well, the long-term effects are uh, you have these heavy metals sitting next to your lung tissue and your vascular tissue and what they do is, by disrupting DNA, but also by being a foreign agent, they're recognized by the body as an invader, and they provoke an immune response. Now, your body's yeah. really good at getting you out of trouble in the short run with this immune response, and it has evolved over time, over thousands of years, uh, certain enzymes that actually remove some of these metals uh, so they, they uh -huh. actually remove them from the tissue and you pee them out. So that's, that's how it works, basically. But the system gets overwhelmed because these accumulate and because even though heavy metals have been with us ever since humans began to walk the earth, um, yeah. from things like um, air, air pollution today, and they had air pollution then with wildfires so, and with yeah. fires ever since we invented fire. Because it's in the wood that we burn for fuel. So this isn't something that, you know, is new. It's been around. And people have been getting diseases from it for thousands of years as well, uh, which is one reason why they had, you know, such short lifespans, because they were in these enclosed spaces burning all this stuff and breathing uh, the smoke. So what happens is that it, uh, when it lodges in the tissue, you get this chronic inflammatory response, and that... Uh, when that fails, as it does over time, uh, the body tries to wall off the damage. And that is what is hardening of the arteries. It hardens the tissue in order to uh, try to repair it in another way, which works when you have a short-term injury. Uh, I'll just give you an example, probably not very relevant for India, but when I was skiing one day, well, I guess they ski yeah, in the Himalayas, so uh, in the yeah, north, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yes. But, uh, you know, I, I froze the, my earlobes and, uh, you know, about and then it got rock hard. And uh, about two years later, it popped out. Well, the body uh -huh. had calcified, had surrounded that that damage and pushed it out. And so uh, that is actually a good response from your body. The problem is with your cardiovascular system, when it's chronic, you end up what's classically known as hardening of the arteries, and you can't yeah. push those out of your body. So um, it's kind of like the immune system turning on itself. I call it the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde effect for the you know benefactor, Dr. Jekyll, and then Mr. Hyde, his uh, counterpart that he invented, um, running around murdering people. And Dr. Jekyll trying to cover up all the crimes that you know Mr. Hyde committed. Well, that's what your body is basically trying to do by cleaning up this this uh, re this immune response that is actually turned uh, against you. So the problem is that we haven't evolved as human beings yet a capacity 
to deal with those long-term impacts, which is the reason why there's a limitation on our lifespan. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we talked about a certain impact on our cardiovascular health uh, through poor air quality. So what are the signs and symptoms that uh, we can look for, especially if we are planning for a run so or after marathon that, that can be termed as negative impact on our heart health? Well, I think that uh, some of the obvious ones that anyone would advise on is, uh, especially, you know, so many people are wearing these devices these days that measure your pulse, uh, you know, for example, uh, your heart rate and your blood pressure, although blood blood pressure is a bit more difficult, but they are managing some of it. Um, And if you've got a wearable that does that, which is a really good idea when you're running a marathon, you yeah. need to pay attention to that, and the alarms will go off if you know your your device is uh, calibrated properly. So I would really advise people, and the wearable guys will love me when I say this, you know, uh, to get some wearables and to just make sure that that's checked as you are running, especially with people with uh, prior conditions. So the monitoring part, I think, is is really, really important. And then there's just the plain common sense part. And that is, if you start having trouble breathing or you're getting dizzy or whatever, you know, don't try and push yourself over the edge uh, just because it's the manly or womanly thing to do. Um, you got to pay attention uh, to that for sure. And as you know, in every marathon, there's always people that end up with these health problems, serious health problems, because they ignore those warning signs. So all of the typical things that people should look for, yeah, sure, you look for them. And they are caused uh, by what's going on inside you and what's going on outside you. So common sense and wearables are the two things that people can pay attention to. So... That brings me to one very important part, especially uh, we talked about the causes and and how poor air quality can impact uh, runners' uh, cardiovascular health. So what are the ways in which runners can try to prevent themselves from these kind of pollutants? Well, like I said, move the race and 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 agitate to move the race you know go to the promoters and say we need to pay attention to this problem we don't want to discourage people from running but we uh-huh. also don't want to damage their health uh, when they're uh, doing this so we don't want to run uh, that uh, risk and i want to be clear again that running a marathon uh, does not necessarily damage your health that's not what i'm saying to be clear Okay, yeah, it's, it's, it's good cardiovascular exercise, but you want to uh, reduce the risk. You want to manage True. that risk. And the best way to do that right at the moment is to physically move this into an area where the air quality is improved. So that's the first thing that, you know, I can uh, recommend doing. The other thing that I would suggest that people do, and there's a really simple thing that you can do, is after the race... Um, try uh, eating some foods that are Uh actually naturally removing heavy metals from your system. So a good example of that uh, is broccoli sprouts, not the big broccoli, uh, but broccoli sprouts, the stuff that grows in like five or 10 days. 
And you can actually grow this at home. It's inexpensive. It's a bit tricky to grow. Um, but the really interesting thing about broccoli sprouts is that uh, they're exponentially more effective at removing uh, heavy metals from your system than the big broccoli is. They're both effective, but one is much more effective than the other. And by the way, you can, you know, you can look this up on YouTube. Um, and, and also, um, I say quite a bit about this on my, on my website. Um, and in the book, Discovering the Nature of Longevity. Um, so if, you know, if people want to learn more about this, they can get the book. But you can also just go right onto YouTube now and put in um, uh, heavy metals, uh, foods that remove heavy metals. And you'll see, actually, a bunch of uh, videos that talk about the different foods that actually help people to uh, remove these heavy metals. The other thing that people can do um, is, uh, there are actually some, uh, quick tests for, uh-huh. uh, heavy metals. Um, and I think that some of them are available in, in, in Mumbai and it's a quick urine test. So you just pee and then they, you get the color of, you know, whether it's lead or cadmium or, uh, whatever. So, okay. uh, you know, that's a test you can do. You've got to be really careful about these tests because some of them aren't so reliable. So you want to make sure that they're certified, uh, for sure. But so, you can buy the kit. Um, and it's just, a, it's like a litmus test. You know, it's the same. It's like, a, you know, a bit like a pregnancy test, you know? Absolutely. Uh, and so that's another thing that you can do. Um, and also all throughout India, um, there are medical practices that are practicing chelation therapy. A chelation means a claw. To chelate is a claw that chemically grabs the heavy metals and, again, you pee them out. This is a chemical. Um, I want to emphasize that chelation therapy needs to be practiced by certified chelation practitioners because otherwise you do run a risk of depleting uh, the minerals in your body because they combine the chelator with minerals and uh, things that you, your body needs in order to, to operate. So you really need a professional to uh, do this, but um, chelation is quite commonly practiced and there is clinical evidence, the studies that are published that absolutely clearly show that, for example, patients with uh, blocked arteries, peripheral artery disease, uh, which is usually affects your limbs, uh, get better when these metals are chelated out of them. And that study was done at Mount Sinai Medical Center uh, in Miami in, in Florida. Uh, and also chelation was proven safe in an earlier clinical trial that was sponsored by the United States National Institutes of Health. So if exercised okay. properly, chelation is safe, it is effective, it has reduced all causes of death in diabetic heart patients, and it is something that uh, athletes can look at doing uh, in consultation with their healthcare provider. I'd like to emphasize, and if their healthcare provider says no, we don't know about this, don't do it, it can be dangerous. Well, this is pretty typical reaction. Uh, go for a second opinion, uh, you know, and and really find out about this stuff. Because the most recent science is absolutely showing very clearly that chelation is safe and effective uh, if it is applied properly. So uh, there's a whole bunch of things that people can do. Finally, 
um, athletes who are just, you know, concerned about their overall health, uh, install a really good air filter in your apartment or your home. Uh, this and, and also a water filter that is certified to remove heavy metals. So athletes can do all of these things. So when they go into a marathon and expose them to a real heavy dose, at least they're not getting these heavy doses from everywhere else. So they can do things beforehand and they can do things afterwards. And the purpose of your show, and I want to thank you for this, is to help make people aware of these steps that uh, they can take. Uh, Marathon sponsors, are you listening? Because you can actually encourage your marathoners to do this to improve their overall health, which is what you're trying to do with these marathons. Absolutely. So you you talked in at length about uh, different ways that an athlete can try and prevent themselves or at least safeguard themselves during run. So are there any recommendations for even uh, marathon organizers or sponsors as well? Yeah, they should start paying attention to the studies that have already been done about the impacts of uh, this level of air pollution uh, on performance, on overall health. And they've, and what I would suggest is that the organizers of the marathon who are very conscious about environment and good Uh for them, you know, they've done a lot of stuff on composting, uh, you know, reducing uh, waste. This is really great. So, why don't they do something on uh, how to protect your health against uh, these air pollution events and put some funding into it from the marathon and also think about next year moving the marathon out into the countryside. Why not spread the wealth? So those are all things that the marathon organizers can do, and they're all quite positive. Some of the downtown Absolutely. merchants might not be so happy, <laughs> but you know, I mean, if when your health is at stake, you know, there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, we we also uh, see a lot of athletes have wearables. Are there any advancement or any advanced wearable uh, tech that's available, a monitoring device available right now, uh, which runners can use to assess their their exposure to air pollution? It is, it's, it's moving so fast. I'm sure that the marathoners know better than I do, you know, what the monitoring is out there. Uh, but, but so it's, it's literally, you know, every month uh, something is coming out that's new, but what you want to do, especially is if you can get something that monitors your pulse rate, your blood pressure, which is really, you know, critical. Um, and also, that actually monitors the air around you that you are, you know, moving through so that you can correlate your, uh, you know, your performance. So those are, those are things that um, I would, I would definitely uh, pay attention to. So what advice would you give to marathon runners who want to minimize their risk of heart health issues? If you're going to run the marathon, you're, you know, you're going to go ahead and do it anyways. Reduce the risk from the chronic exposure to this stuff. As I said, the the people, even marathoners, spend Uh uh, 85% of their lives indoors, right? So that's the place you can control that indoor environment. And, uh, you know, runners should do that. They will improve their performance if they are 
reducing their exposure to these where they spend 85% of their lives. So this is a really important thing for, uh, for people to do. Afterwards, they can do things to help their body get these metals um, out of them. And ultimately, the one action that they can do is ask the organizers of the marathon to start studying this and to consider moving the marathon out into an area where there's less pollution. So there's a lot that runners can do. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Douglas. That was brilliant speaking with you. Thank you very much. Um, I hope the marathon organizers are listening and take this to heart and uh, do something about it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Fitness Pro Chat by Fit Aerobic. We hope you had key takeaways from today's episode and learned something new. Don't forget to download and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. In the meantime, reach out to us on Instagram at Fit Aerobic or through our website, fitaerobic.com. And remember, failures will only make you strong and better learn. Take care, stay healthy, and live a fulfilling life with Fit Aerobic.